what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. This episode of The Caregiver Community is sponsored by Pace at Home. During this uncertain time, Pace at Home is enrolling participants who wish to continue to remain at home. Partnering with families, Pace at Home provides caring medical support for all of our program's participants. Visit us on our website or give us a call at 828-468-3980 to talk with a representative that can discuss with you the Pace at Home all-inclusive medical approach. Pace at Home is the champion for seniors wishing to remain in their community. Welcome to the caregiver community. This is a place where we talk about the joys and the challenges of caring for our aging parents, as well as caring for ourselves. I'm Frances Hall, founder and executive director of ACAP, Adult Children of Aging Parents. In this podcast, we're talking about breathing, breathing to thrive, not just survive. My interviewee, Charlotte Bayala, a certified yoga and meditation instructor for the past 10 years. Among her many certifications, she is a breath coach and a a cancer patient yoga instructor. She is the caregiver for her husband, who was diagnosed with incurable thyroid cancer in 2013, so she knows the joys and the challenges of the journey. After spending several years trying to figure out caregiving and how to take care of herself in the midst of it, she realized that her yoga could help. She now uses her skills and experience as a caregiver to support other caregivers in thriving, not just surviving. Charlotte has a master's degree in history and is the creator of the Love Your Caregiving Life podcast and the Caregiving Confessions monthly digital magazine, as well as she teaches virtual yoga and meditation classes. So you can find her, if you're interested in more, you can find her at www.loveyourcaregivinglife.com. Charlotte, that's a lot. (laughs) Thank you so much for being with us and helping us understand how to breathe. Oh, thank you, Francis. I'm really honored to be here with you today. Bless you. Okay, so let's start. Tell us about your caregiving story. Okay. Um, Wow, there's so much to tell. So to keep it very, very short. Um, In 2013, my husband was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. And right before that, we were a young family, um, enjoying life, loving our careers. My daughter was eight years old at the time, and everything just felt good. There weren't really any complaints or concerns or fears at the time. And so when he found out that he had thyroid cancer, everything was just turned upside down. Sure. So it turned to be the opposite. It was us not knowing what the future held for us, uh, having that anxiety and fear. And at the same time, I tried to keep it all together, you know, making sure that my husband found the care that he needed, but at the same time, keeping a really stable household for my daughter because we didn't want her to grow up in fear um, because cancer was now in the house. And so I spent a good six months, I think, just trying 
to make it through, make it through the day, make it through the next doctor's appointment. And I started to get concerned with how I felt because I was probably a little bit more in tuned um, to what feels good and what doesn't just because of my job teaching yoga and meditation at the time. And I, I knew things were off balance from the very start, but those are, those are things that you don't concern yourself with when you're trying to help the person that you're caring for, especially when it's, it feels like it's in crisis mode. So I decided at one point that it had just gone too far. And so I reached out to my doctor and my doctor suggested that I meditate. And that was kind of a punch in the gut for me because in my job, I was teaching people how to meditate and how to (laughs) de-stress. And it, it was good that I had that in my life because I was able to, I had to only focus on what I needed to do in that class and had to leave everything at the door. But as soon as I left that door, I stopped being that yoga and meditation teacher and became a caregiver. And I didn't merge the two when I first became a caregiver. And, you know, because I traveled a similar path in terms of a husband who had cancer, yeah, it's really difficult. It's Mm -hmm. really difficult to be all that we want to be for them and to reserve any moment for ourselves and and to think at all about what we need. And it's that proverbial, uh, you know, put the oxygen mask on yourself Mm -hmm. before putting it on someone else. But that's just so hard in the midst of that, whether it's a spouse or, or a child or a parent and whether it's cancer or whether it's any number of any of other issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk. Let's let's get a little more academic. Mm-hmm. But thank you for sharing that yeah. that journey because that's 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 hard. That's yeah. just hard. <laughs> and by the way, how is your husband doing now? He's well. He's still not cancer free. Um, and so you know, thyroid cancer is a tricky one because you there are possibilities for you living with it, but not always necessarily finding yourself cured of it. Well, I'm glad that he's doing well. I hope it remains so. (laughs) Absolutely. So let's talk for a few minutes about stress, Mm -hmm. stress that we find ourselves in as caregivers, Mm -hmm. regardless of who it is that we are, that we are caring for. What kinds of situations really contribute to caregiving stress? And how does that stress affect the health of the caregiver? Yeah, that's an important thing to understand. um, Because once you become a caregiver, we're under an intense amount of stress from the very start, especially if you're just finding out that a parent has been diagnosed, a loved one needs for you to uh, help them full time. It really doesn't even matter who you're caring for. It's the fact that your life has changed. So first of all, being a caregiver is a change of life, right? It's a transition that you're not prepared for. And a lot of times you're needed to do this change in your life without having any kind of guidance, you know? Um, And so you find yourself under a lot of stress because 
you're worried about the person that you're caring for, you are trying to figure out what it means for their diagnosis, what it means for your life, it, what it means full term for all of you, your family, um, and you and the person that you're caring for. And the important thing is, is that anytime we feel threatened in any way, it could be, you know, we're driving on the street and someone is aggressively driving and honks their horn to, to you waiting and watching the words coming out of a doctor's mouth when they're telling you how the labs came out, how the scans were, how they're progressing in their disease or their disability. So stress comes from everywhere. It comes from you not being able to find your keys when you're trying to get to um, that therapy appointment with your parent. And it comes when you can't find the parking spot when you're taking your loved one to chemotherapy. It's all these little things, big and small. And the thing is, a lot of times, most of the time, especially as caregivers, we just assume that's the way life needs to be Um, And we don't do anything to mitigate the stress that we are living with. And so it just continues to pile on. When that happens, there's a lot of things that become more difficult. Enjoying our lives becomes more difficult. Um, Being able to actually interact with the person that we're caring for on just a human level, not a caregiver level, to just be able to sit with them and enjoy them. Um, and it helps, it, it hurts us when we're trying to respond to stressors in our life instead of reacting. Um, we've all had those moments where we've reacted to something and thought, well, I probably should have taken a step back. So the way we interact with the people that we live with and our health becomes, it becomes a health issue. And I think that's one of the most important things to understand Because if you're a caregiver and you're the person, sole person or main person responsible for caring for that loved one, if you end up needing a caregiver, then you won't be able to care for that person if you need care for yourself. So stress creates a lot of issues and it contributes to cardiovascular disease, obesity, um, a, a, a lowered immune function. Our body is not meant to handle and hold on to stress. We need to find ways to let our bodies know that we're okay and we're safe. And and as I understand, just from some reading I've done, that there are some chemical changes in the body Mm -hmm. that exacerbate um, the whole situation and truly, truly can have a whole lot of long-term impact. I will forever be convinced that my mother's diagnosis of a very rare form of cancer was directly related to the stress that she felt as a caregiver. Now, she had cared Mm -hmm. for my grandmother. Um, This was back in the 80s, way before internet, way before, (laughs) you know, in a tiny town and without any real resources. And my grandmother was bedridden. And so 24 hours a day for five years, well, three and a half years, mom cared for her at home completely on her own. And, you know, the toll, and that's an extreme. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be nearly that extreme. But, yeah, caregiving and stress, the stress of caregiving can take a huge toll on the body. No question about that. 
Mm-hmm. So talk a little. This is this is your lane, as we say. Um, talk about breathing. Talk about how breathing can relax us. I mean, the the fact is, we breathe all the time. Right. So, what is it that we need to do differently besides what we typically typically do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we breathe on our just automatically. Um, Basically, our body will do what it needs to to keep you alive. It doesn't ask you how deep do you need to breathe, what what kind of breathing we need today. It runs on autopilot and it does what it needs to do in order to survive. That being said, you always have control over your breath. And we and we know that our breath is connected to emotional states. So if you're scared, your breath becomes quick and shallow. You've never seen a movie where a person's being um, run after and they're in a dark alley and there's, they're standing there taking nice, long, deep breaths. You know, our breath is the way that we can check to see uh, how we are doing in terms of stress, in terms of our emotional state. And understanding that you can control that breath in order to change what you're experiencing is one of the best tools a caregiver can have because you always have your breath and you can do it at any time. There's no need to buy anything, to go anywhere. <laughs> um, it, it's cost-free and it's actually um, entirely the, the best thing um, a caregiver can do when they're in that, in that mm, moment where they're ready to react instead of respond, when they're in a doctor's office waiting for more news, when um, the person that they're caring for doesn't want to follow the plan that everyone has put in place. And so what happens when you when you're normal breathing, and most people that I work with, um, when they breathe, and I, I just ask them to take a deep breath, it's all on their shoulders because we have, for some reason, this idea that if if we're breathing deep, our shoulders need to go up and then they need to come down, and that is not it's not a deep breath. It just all stays in the top of your lungs. So, in order to take a deep breath, we just really have to let first of all let go of our stomachs, which we're always holding in instinctually or because we feel self-conscious, but we just have to let those bellies go and let that breath come as far down deep into our lungs as we can. When we do that, there's a muscle called a diaphragm that sits underneath our lungs in between our lungs and our stomachs. And when we bring in a deep breath and we let our bellies open, um, the lungs are able to fill more deeply and they will push down onto that diaphragm. When the diaphragm moves down out of the way, what happens is you have um, nerves that come through the diaphragm that come up into the base of the skull that are the nerves that tell the brain everything is okay. Is that the vagus nerve? Yes. Okay. Yes. okay. The vagus yes. nerve. So when, so the, the diaphragm, you take a deep breath, the diaphragm comes down, the lungs expand, you, you oxygenate your body way more with that deep breath than you would with that short one. And the diaphragm 
runs against the vagus nerve and it activates it. And as you take those deep breaths, each time you're rubbing up and down against that vagus nerve and telling your brain, I'm all right, we're okay, we're safe. And that undoes some of those chemical changes, physiological changes that stress brings into your body. The problem is, is that we have to actively do this. And so, you know, if something, if, if there's like a close call and we take that deep breath and let out that, that deep sigh, like, oh my goodness, that was close, right? That's kind of that feeling. That's that signal that you're trying to tell your body it's okay. We're under a lot of stress. Um, as caregivers, there are moments in our lives where we feel like we're our our life our lives are threatened because of the changes in our person's um, health, in new information that we have that we will now have to address and change our lives maybe even more because caregiving is always a constant change. Mm-hmm. But being able to find yourself at the end of that doctor's appointment, the end of that argument with your parent that you're caring for is to be able to take a step aside and release yourself from the stress that you just finished experiencing so that your body can say, all right, we can let that one go. Maybe not emotionally all the time, right? But our bodies can know (laughs) it's okay. We're not under threat. We're safe. We just had an emotional experience and and that's all right and we don't have to hold on to that stress. Okay, so I remember a couple of years ago that I was doing some physical therapy for my neck. <laughs> because <laughs> hey, who the thought hold stress in my neck. Yeah. <laughs> um and I remember being in the physical therapist's office mm-hmm. and out of the clear blue he said talked about my breathing and he said you breathe Francis from the top of your lungs and mm-hmm. he could evidently tell this exactly what you said because mm-hmm. my shoulders would raise every time I took a breath mm-hmm. and I didn't even realize that I was doing that yeah I yeah, was just breathing yeah. yeah I was just breathing <laughs> and, and it was just this real aha moment that mm-hmm. oh I didn't you know, maybe I need to do this differently. Right. Um, and so I have tried to be aware of that, but I have some questions. Mm-hmm. We as women mm-hmm. always want to hold in our abdomens. Mm-hmm. So is there a way to hold in the ab muscles and do deep breathing? The, well, Unless you have an, a, a really long torso that would allow your diaphragm to come, like there would be space for the diaphragm to move down without the belly having to make way, um, I would say, no, you have to let it go. Like get over your belly for just two seconds and take that deep breath. Um, because when we're holding on to our abdomens, um, we're, it's tension, we're holding tension there, whether we are doing it on purpose or not. Um, just like your shoulders and your neck, we're holding tension in places because our bodies, um, like you said, and and we've talked about, they it just does what it needs to to get you to where you're telling it that you need to go. Um, so if 
you're holding on to your belly, but you're trying to keep a deep breath, then you're, you're, it's almost mixed signals, right? Because you're holding on to tension, but then you're breathing in deeply. There is a place for um, holding on to tension in your belly and breathing out to the side. Um, I teach Pilates and that is how you breathe, but that's because we're trying to work that area instead of letting it um, go and relax. So there is a place for that breath, but in terms of finding um, your yourself into that rest and digest nervous system mode, I would say if you can't do it in public, find, I, I mean, I've said many times in public, find a bathroom and breathe, you know, and <laughs> find a closet. I used to always love closets are so quiet and they're so warm <laughs> and just, you know, <laughs> stepping into the closet, closing the door for a minute or sliding it shut and just taking a couple deep breaths. Um, because once you feel how good it makes you feel, you won't care what you look like when you do it in the future. So when we take a deep breath, mm -hmm. should we feel it, like feel like our ribs are expanding? Yeah. Should we have that feeling? Yeah. So what happens is, um, you know, trying, of, of course, to try to breathe through your nose because it'll warm the air. When we breathe through our mouths, um, there's a lot of different things that happen. Breathing through your nose will warm that air to begin with. Um, and so breathing through your nose and then you'll notice it coming down through your throat and then automatically you'll feel it at the top of your lungs. Like you'll know, oh, this is what breathing feels like. Once you get there, then it's time to say, all right, how much farther can I bring this air in? Um, and so when that happens, you'll feel the ribs expand um, first because the lungs need space to move. Uh, so then the lungs will expand, the ribs will open a little bit. And then once you get there, that's when you can say, all right, I'm just going to let my belly relax. I'm going to see if I can bring it in a little deeper. Now, if you haven't taken a deep breath in years, then it might it might feel like not much is moving. As long as you feel like that breath is a little bit deeper than what you normally do, um, that's the goal. And each time, just making it a little bit bigger because there's a lot of muscles in between our ribs. Um, the lungs, if they haven't opened – um, it, it'll take a little bit of time for your body to really become used to taking in a deep breath. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, hopefully, and there was something else I was going to ask you about <laughs> that. Um, oh, so you, what you really are saying is that it is okay not to consistently that, that it would be optimum for us to always breathe deeply. But the reality is we probably don't. And so there are those times that we need just to be really intentional, that we will help ourselves and thereby help our loved one. Mm -hmm. If we will take those moments just to be intentional and to be aware of our breathing and to intentionally breathe deeper. 
Correct. Yeah. If you can understand what uh, stress feels like to you, if you can pinpoint when that moment comes where you feel like your body is becoming more tense, you're becoming more emotional, um, then that is the best time for you to take a step back and take a couple of deep breaths and see how it changes how you not only respond but recuperate from that instance of stress in that moment. Now, deep breathing is is different when you're trying to like you just had a big moment and you just really need to recuperate from that and because it helps you become resilient, right? Um, when you start to respond with deep breathing when you're under stress, then it becomes a little bit more instinctual. Now, a little bit deeper of a breath um, long term all the time isn't something that I would be too concerned about because once you start using your breath to help mitigate stress, you're going to instinctually start to breathe just a little bit deeper because it's going to be easier for you to do because it's it's a feeling, it's emotion, it's um, an aspect of you living as a human that has changed that you'll become accustomed to doing. You know, as you're talking, I'm remembering my mother had COPD at the end of her mm. life. And of course, I mean, that was just terrifying for her to not be able to breathe. Mm-hmm. And I remember that there were several times when her nurse or whomever would say, smell the roses and blow out the candles. Yeah. You know, which is exactly what you're saying, that it's take in, breathe in through your nose and breathe really deeply that mm-hmm. you are smelling this wonderful fragrance, this wonderful right. rose, but then blow out the candles that it then sent the air out through the mouth. Yeah. The blowing out through your mouth um, helps strengthen your your lungs um, because they might have told her to blow out as if she was blowing out of a straw or pursing her lips together maybe. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Put it, giving yourself resistance um, any way that you breathe um, is going to help strengthen your lungs because of that resistance. So if someone were telling me, you know, I, I don't have a lot of lung capacity, um, I'm sure a lot of us know that little I call it a toy, but it's not. It's a tool that they give you in the hospital that has little balls in it. I call it a toy because my husband, oh, like we would have a whole room of a collection of them from all the surgeries that he's had and they've given it to him. But we always have a contest to see who can breathe the deepest um, to get the balls up as high as, as possible. Um, and so what that does is it restricts your breathing. It makes you have to breathe through a smaller area than you would with your mouth open or through your nose. So that there is a lot of science behind that. And there are a lot of people who would say if you're, if you're having lung issues and capacity there, that um, changing the form of breathing, just the um, – surface area that the breath can come into your body would make a difference. Now, making pretending you can smell something, I've always say 
try to smell what type of cookies they're cooking in the in the kitchen. Like imagine that you you just got that faint whiff of something is baking and you're trying to figure it out because almost all of us have had that experience. And so just trying to breathe it in to see what's baking in the kitchen. Um, otherwise, if people are really attached to scent, you know, put on a cream that is the scent that you love. Um, a cream because the scent doesn't last for forever. It's not as strong as an oil or a perfume. And just bring, cup the hands around your mouth um, and your nose or bring the hands to right in front of your nose and try to breathe it in. Because oftentimes trying to figure out how to breathe when we are not actually breathing something in can be difficult because our bodies aren't used to that connection. We have to train our mind and our body to actually communicate and cooperate so that we can bring in these deep breaths. When you were talking about putting the lotion on, I got this beautiful picture of somebody, uh, you know, a loved one putting, you know, putting lotion on their loved one's hands, um, you know, and, and just that whole, that whole picture is just lovely. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely something that could become a habit or a ritual between you and the person um, because it can be shared, right? You can put that cream on that the other person and then yourself and then spend time just taking deep breaths, smelling it. Um, I think the intention that we set for anything that we do is what makes something special. It can seem simple um, and from the outside, maybe might not mean anything, but as long as it means something to you, that is what also brings you joy in life and helps you um, experience these things with the people that we really, really love. It c- takes us out of caregiving for a moment to just have a beautiful experience. Right, right. And and such a precious memory to yeah. have. Yeah, from there forward. Okay, so we've talked a lot about breathing, you know, and all all the pieces and parts of it, and all that sort of thing. But how about walking us through how to actually do this? Yes, I. This is my favorite part of any day. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so um, if you're listening and you're driving, please don't close your eyes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) If you're able to um, just have your feet down on the floor and your hands in your lap, if possible, or touching like relaxed on a table so that your feet are relaxed, but they're touching something, you have a connection in your feet and your hands. And then there is no need to close your eyes, but I can tell you it feels so much better when you can. So if you're able to close your eyes and you feel safe doing that, um, just let your eyes close. And then as you are sitting there, (laughs) probably thinking, what are we doing? Just trust that you will know what to do. As you sit there, simply notice that you're breathing. Don't try to change it. If you're, if you're breathing really shallow, don't judge yourself for it. Just n- simply notice how you breathe because noticing how you breathe now can allow you to understand how your breath changes. 
as you continue breathing, notice the breath as it comes in and out through the tip of your nose. Notice how it feels as it comes in through the nose and out through your nose. You might notice that the temperature changes between that breath in and the breath out. Then notice how the breath comes into the nose, through the back of the nose, down the throat. Notice it at that point in between the nose and the lungs coming in and out. Now, as you're doing this, see if you can release your shoulders and your arms a little bit more. Now that you have your hands on a place that's supporting them, relax your arms and your shoulders, maybe just a little bit. Consider relaxing the muscles of your face. Now notice your breath as it enters your lungs. Notice and feel how the ribs expand, how the lungs fill with breath. And each time you breathe in, breathe in a little bit longer, maybe just a millisecond making that breath a little bit deeper each time it comes in. Noticing how the ribs and the lungs expand on the inhale and how they come back into place on their own as you let that breath back out. Let the belly relax a little bit more if you can. And as you inhale, imagine that you're trying to bring that breath all the way down to your toes, trying to get that breath as deep into the lungs as you can. And maybe the first couple of breaths feel a little bit too big, and that's okay. Make them a little bit shorter. Each time finding what that deep breath feels like for you and what the perfect deep breath is for this very moment. It always changes. Letting the belly open away from your spine on the inhale, relaxing it. Imagine watching a baby breathe and the belly opens and closes and we find that cute, beautiful. Your breath is just as beautiful. Now notice there's a slight pause between your inhale and your exhale. Just a quick second where everything stops and then begins again. Bring your attention back to your belly, noticing how it opens with each deep inhale. Relax the shoulders a little bit more. Let your legs release to the chair if you're seated. Coming back to the ribs and the lungs, notice how they open and expand with each inhale. Feel how the breath feels right now. 
Does it feel easier? Does it feel deeper than it was when you first started? Notice the breath as it leaves the lungs and it comes all the way up to the back of the nose. Notice the temperature of that breath, cooler coming in, warmer coming out. Bring your attention back to the tip of your nose, noticing the beginning and the end of your breath. Now, as you continue breathing, slowly allow that breath to become a little bit shallower each time, a little bit shorter, until you find yourself breathing what could be normal for you that still feels relaxing. beginning to come back out of this, bring your hands to cup over top of your eyes. And then slowly let the eyes open, letting the hands filter out the light in the room that you're in. And then bring the hands back down. That was your deep breath. Nice. (laughs) I can feel myself. I don't know how it will be for others, but I can feel myself struggling to focus on my belly Mm -hmm. and allow the breath to to come in Mm -hmm. and then to go out. And and I would catch myself a couple of times realizing that my shoulders were going up. Yeah. Um, but there was that one moment that it was like, oh, yeah, this, this, <laughs> you know, that the um, that I have a lot of tension in my shoulders and neck. And, mm-hmm. and I for a moment, I there that was gone. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We we shortened it. I mean, a good five to ten minutes of that. Um, and. And sometimes people will even fall asleep because they've just become so relaxed that they're able to let go. But um, after even just five minutes, bringing someone back out of that, um, they'll say, wait, that was just five minutes. It felt like it was a half hour. It's just what your body needs. It just needs to reset. It needs to be able to just be instead of trying to problem solve. So that's why the focusing on your breath becomes a little bit more difficult because your brain wants to do so many things. And it, it starts to think, especially with caregivers, oh, we have, we have a quiet moment. What do we need to do? What problem do we need to solve? And that's the other reason why the deep breath really helps at um, working on lowering the stress that you're living with because your brain just needs a chance to rest and relax and not try to fix everything or worry or, you know, in bring itself into trying to attend to the stress and the anxiety that caregiving brings, just giving it a moment, literally bringing your, letting your brain have a moment to breathe while your body breathes. Um, you just feel so much better. And once you start doing that, 
um, it it really becomes something that you understand you really need in specific times. Now with the, the issue with the belly, um, sometimes I'll have someone do this while they're lying on their belly because then you can feel your belly pressing against the floor mm-hmm. and yeah, and you'll feel more of that breath into your back. So changing a position, like trying it lying on your back um, with a child, I would have them put a stuffed animal on their belly. So it's a little bit more entertaining. It's, it gives them the ability to focus on what they're doing. Um, but also doing it on your stomach, you know, trying in different positions. I just know that most of us aren't going to say, I'm going to breathe. And I'm just going to lie down on, on the floor. I spend a lot of time on the floor just work-wise and I just enjoy moving on the floor. <laughs> but I, I too know there are times where I know I should get down on the floor and it just feels so far away. So um, <laughs> doing a breath any way you can is beneficial. And for some of us, getting up off the floor exactly. is a real challenge. <laughs> it, it's good practice, though, for yeah. when we really need it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and uh, you know, I think my takeaway is simply that we that we breathe all the time and we think that we are breathing when in actuality, yeah, we are, but no, we're not. Exactly. And so being aware of what it feels like mm-hmm. to breathe in a way that truly is restorative for our bodies. Exactly. That, that that's huge for a lot of us because we didn't know that we weren't doing that. Most people don't. Yeah. And and you also have to realize however old you are, that's how many years most likely subtract maybe eight or 10 that you've been breathing that way. So it is going to feel awkward, um, difficult in the beginning. But once you have that moment that you had where everything just felt good, for me, that's usually that that little that little seed that's planted that just makes you remember, oh, that really felt good. I really need to do that again. And that was sort of in the midst of yawning. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I was yawning a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't going to call you out on that. <laughs> yeah, this is really good stuff. Um, and so how can we use this in our everyday lives? Yeah, I would say you... It'll be hard. It's always hard to do something new in the beginning because you might have a moment where tomorrow, you might have a moment today where tomorrow you think, oh, I could have really breathed after that, right? So it's first just identifying um, when feeling this way would be beneficial for you. But I mean, I sometimes have to take deep breaths if I'm if I'm waiting in line to return something. You know, anytime you feel that you're under any kind of stress, which can show up as just simple frustration. You know, the little stress is just as important to be aware of as it is the the larger stressors that we have. Um, because the little stressors, they pile on on top of the big stress that we live with. So anytime that we just feel irritated, frustrated, you know, taking a moment to 
just take a deep breath. It could just be three or four. It doesn't have to be um, – and it, it's not – like there's not a length of time. It's how long do you have that you can do it that will help you with the moment that you're in. But the thing is you can be sneaky about it if you want to. I mean someone can be um, a little troublesome – when you're trying to get them to do something or take them somewhere and you can just bring in those deep breaths and they won't know, you know, we never have to announce that we're breathing. It's usually when we're not breathing that we announce that. And um, so it's just this tool that you have all the time that is always under your control. It's just learning how to use it and understanding the times when you need it the most and and it may be a little tricky, mm-hmm. but I can see this, you know, potentially not only for the caregiver, um, for those of us who are running around trying to make sure everything is done for yeah. our loved one and, and everybody else in the world, mm-hmm. um, but also for our loved one. Yeah. Because the reality is that they, too, are under tremendous stress if there are health issues or financial issues mm-hmm. or whatever the concerns are. Yes. And so maybe this really is one of those, uh, you know, put the oxygen masks a mask on yourself and mm-hmm. then put it on the other person, right? Put it on our loved one. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And how happy will they feel when you share with them a way for them to feel really good? For yeah. even if it's just for a moment. And particularly if it's that the two of you are doing it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Charlotte, thank you. This is really good stuff and really important stuff. Thank it you. is important yes. for us to, to recognize how we breathe and what the impact is of, of that on our, on our lives, on our health. But then on the flip side, how to breathe in such a way that it truly does restore us. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Thank you You're for being welcome. here. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and, and thank you to, to you, our listeners. We really hope that this podcast will be helpful to you. And goodness, share it with others that you believe may benefit. We also want to thank Pace at Home in Hickory, North Carolina, our sponsor for this podcast and all of our podcasts. We are indeed grateful for your support. This program is part of the Mesh Network of online shows and podcasts. You may find more of our Caregiver and Community podcasts on any of the platforms where you listen to podcasts, and you also will find them on our website, www.acapcommunity.org. While you're on our site, we do hope that you will take a few minutes to learn more about ACAP, our educational programs, and our local chapters, and our symposia. And if there are other topics you would like for us to address as a podcast, please do let us know. As we say so often in ACAP, regardless of our age, our background, our education, career, or anything else, when it's our mother, our father, our spouse, our loved one who needs the help, caring for and advocating for that person becomes very personal and extremely important. So please care well for your loved ones, but also remember to breathe and to take care of you. Stay well. Bye for now. 
been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.